0: Ronald Reagan was addressing a group and he said "In a Democratic convention, there was a young man outside selling young puppies. And as they were coming out of the Democratic convention, he said, I want you to buy a Democratic puppy. Take a Democratic puppy at home with you. Two weeks went by, Republicans had their convention in the same building, the same young man was there with puppies, and he said, I want you to come out and buy a Republican puppy. And he was selling Republican puppies, the same puppies. A member of the press, that astute vocation, noticed the inconsistency And went to the young man, he said, how can it be these same puppies were Democrats two weeks ago and now you are selling them as a Republicans, what's the difference? And the young man said, their eyes are now open. (laughs) (laughs) This is the political season. And there's a whole lot of people everywhere think that the answer for America is electing this one, throwing this one out, the Democrats are right, the Republicans are right, the Independents are right, the Libertarians are right, or whoever you wanna believe in is right, and boy, if we could get him or her in office, America would be all right. Let me tell you something. You could clone 10,000 brilliant Billy Grahams and put them into every office you can find and, and in all the land, and America would not be A OK. Now, this may upset some of you politicos. I'll be happy to debate with you anytime, any place, under any circumstance. The answer for America, the primary answer for America is that marriages would begin to live on the basis of biblical truth. That will solve everything. (laughs) Marriage is a gift from God. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. Forget everything else, but if God's principles for marriage do not work in marriage. Christian's principles do not work anywhere else. Let me say that again. Somebody may have missed it. If God's principles, biblical principles do not work in marriage, they will not work anywhere else. Marriage was the institution that God established first in Genesis, and it is the foundation upon which everything stands or falls. Now some people have the idea that, you know, I I didn't find my soulmate, and others who are unmarried are looking for their soulmate. The idea of a soulmate comes from mythology, not biblical understanding of marriage. Mythology tells us there was this being that had, you know, two heads, four arms, four legs, and somehow this being was split up, and so this half was always looking for the other half, which would be their soulmate. Mythology. If you're unmarried, you're looking for someone who's sold out for Christ, as a husband and sold out to Christ as a man, and I'll tell you, that marriage will sizzle and stand and be alive. In our culture, an amazing thing has happened when the humanists and the secularists just run off in all kinds of elections, all kinds of directions and elections, Here's what happens. We have forgotten that God created man, XY chromosome, God created woman, XX chromosome, and they're different. And those 58 or 59 or 60 other genders that people had somehow conjured up from the pits of hell are totally illegitimate and invalid in the culture that God has given us. We must not forget this. Marriage is a beautiful thing. It's a fabulous thing. And if the husband and wife begin to understand marriage and practice biblical principles without exception, it will soar and grow and be completely fulfilling. And if your marriage is not like that, if you married a day or 50 years, the principles are the same. If your marriage is boring, exacting, you think it's not working, and I've heard people say, well, I didn't find my soulmate. That's the only person I could be happy with. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a lie from the pits of hell. So let's talk about marriage, and that's what we're doing. Today, I'm going to say clearly what the role of a husband is in marriage, in a biblical marriage this is what how i'm supposed to live if i'm in christ is how every man here is supposed to live if they're in christ if you're not married now and you marry somebody else gentlemen someday this is how you are to live i didn't say your wife this is how the husband is to live and the number one situation we have today in the marriage arena is that men have forgot their role and they forgot to be men and masculine in their relationship with the world and particularly their relationship with their wife. If men, you guys right here, if we would stand up and live according to biblical principles, you say, well, I can't do that. If you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit is in your life and the Holy Spirit will empower you and empower me to live according to those principles. Very clear, very plain. So what are those principles? Well, you look at Ephesians chapter five, it's a classic, classic chapter, on marriage. And to summarize the role of the husband, and we'll go back and pick this up later on, a husband is to be a leader and a lover in the home. I marry people and so many times the bride will say, you don't have that thing about submission in these vows, do you? That's because the bride doesn't understand and the men do not understand what it means to be a leader in the home. The male is to be a loving leader in the home. The male does not own 51% of the stock the male is not a staff sergeant saying, do this, don't do this. You follow me if you believe biblical truth. God calls i I'm in charge. That is a million miles from what we understand and need to interpret what that verse means. Those verses mean to be a leader and to be a lover. Men, you like the idea of being a leader? I don't. Because if a marriage fails or a marriage does not sizzle, the primary responsibility for that falls upon the male. Yes, we will have to answer for God. Like somebody teaches the Bible, people have the gift of teaching, they're afraid of that because many times their lives or because it will take time and preparation and some degree of sacrifice. Because those that teach the Bible have an unusual accountability to God to rightly divide the word of truth. And in marriage, gentlemen, we have to answer to God whether our marriage sizzles and sings and grows and is fun and exciting. You'll have to answer to God. I'll have to answer to God about that, not the wife. Well, that's a different kind of leadership, isn't it? It's you lead through love, selfless love, not about you, not about me, my pleasure, my happiness, what I think this ought to be, that ought to be. You're to lead through selfless love, through giving love, through a love that is called agape in the Bible, which is a Christ-like love. Your primary goal in marriage is to make your wife feel special, proud, in charge, beautiful, glorious, that's our role, that's our role. And if that's not taking place in your marriage, look in the mirror because the problem is the male. To be a leader, a loving leader, a loving leader, a sacrificial liver leader. A leader is not about you or me or my pleasure, what I desire. It's about that gal that God has given to me. So that's the first thing you need to understand. That is what biblical leadership in marriage is all about. It is giving, it is sacrificial. It's all about that wonderful female that God has brought into your life and you're committed to forever and forever and forever. Some people get married If they have an ideal, this is what marriage ought to be. In my marriage, I'd like it. And if you have that, an ideal, it becomes an ordeal, right? And then you can end up with no deal. (laughs) So let's be clear, biblically clear, plain, simple, and understand some basic things about the role of a husband in marriage. Gentlemen, awake. Open your Bible. Your wife will help have to help most of you find First Peter. It's toward the end. First Peter chapter 3, seven verses deal clearly with marriage. Six of them speak to the role of the wife. One verse speaks to the role of the husband. Next week, it'll be the wives' turn. Let's look just this one verse. We've already summarized leader and lover in Ephesians as Paul gave it to us. And now let's look in one verse here, seventh verse. We have six others deal with wives' roles. We'll get to that. And let's see what husbands are to do. You husbands... In the same way, in the same way he's given the wife assignment for marriage, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, doesn't mean what you think, guys. Since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered so that your prayers will be answered. So the first operative word we have for male is, do you see it there? The first operative word for males is we live with our wife with understanding. We're called to understand our wife. Now, when I read this first, I thought of an old humorous story that sort of fits. This couple was in an antique store. The wife was shopping over there. The man was sort of stumbling around and kicked over an old urn, out popped a genie, and the genie says, I've been in that urn for 10,000 years. You have let me out. I will give you anything you want, any wish you want. It is yours. And so the man said, you know, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I don't fly. I wonder if you could build a highway from LA to Hawaii so I could drive. And the genie thought about that. He said, well, that's 3,000 miles. Do you have uh, maybe a second substitute request? He said, yeah. uh, Explain women to me." And the genius says, "Uh, you want that highway one lane or two lanes? (laughs) Now, that is to say, we are to, as a husband, understand our wives. And wives are uniquely made and wired together. By the way, You may not know about a store that's recently opened in New York City. It's a husband's store, yeah, where you can go in, six floors, and and if you're single, you can pick out a husband, right there. Now, this store has unusual characteristics, ladies. You can go in only once, follow me, And you get in the store, it's six stories, and every store you get more attributes of your husband that you've come to get to choose, but you can't go back down. You only can go up or take that which is on that floor. You have to remember this. It's a husband's store, you go in it only once, And every floor, there's an attribute of a husband on that floor, you can take that and go out, but you can never go back, you got me? You only go up. First floor in the husband's store, there's a little sign that tells the females that go in, your husband on this floor, if you so select him, has a job. That's a pretty good beginning, isn't it? And this, this young woman looked, said, that's good. And said, and on the second floor, she went up and said, your husband not only has a job, he loves kids. Well, that's good, he loves kids. And on the third floor, she said, I'm gonna go up and get some more. Not only that, on this floor, we have husbands who are drop-dead gorgeous, handsome. She said, now, I've got it. First floor, has a job, loves kids. Handsome, that's real. And they said, I'm gonna go up another floor, one the fourth floor. And so on this floor, it had, you have husbands who, man, they have a job, they love kids, they're handsome, and they love to do housework. She said, my goodness, this is unbelievable. You mean, uh, that's what they, yes. She said, this is getting better. She went up the fifth floor. She said, I can hardly wait. They said, on this floor, You have a husband who has a job, who loves kids, who is handsome, loves housework, and is beautifully, magnificently romantic. She said, my, my, fabulous. But she says, there's one more floor. And she said, I've got to go up. And she went up to the sixth floor and there was a sign that says, welcome to the sixth floor. You are, though the store had been open only two months, you are the 1,521,321 women who've all been to the sixth floor. And he said, on this floor, there are no husbands. And said, the sixth floor here is to demonstrate that nobody can ever totally satisfy a woman. Thank you for shopping the husband store. (laughs) Now, I tell that, you say that's derogatory to females. Actually, it is not. Let me tell you something, guys. Your female is different from you. Your female is wired different from you. The female primarily is the right brain with creativity and joy, and we males are mostly left brain, sort of line-up-on-line CPA types. Yeah, so it is the wife that has the joy, the creativity, brings light into the home much more than us boring, dull husbands who haven't yet learned to live on the basis of biblical principles. You see, gentlemen, when you got married, God gave you a woman, and she was gift-wrapped. Every wife here was gift-wrapped. Some were tightly wrapped. Some were loosely wrapped. Some had been abused in different ways. But gentlemen, the joy being married is that you begin to unwrap her, unwrap her all the way through your marriage. And as you unwrap her, there are nuances there. There's insights there. There's teaching principles there that you never would ever have discovered or dreamed of. We're talking about how we as men use the spontaneity, use the mystery of your wife. If you could figure her out rapidly and you understood all of her thinking, your marriage would be boring, but it is not because you married guys a female. And that's a fabulous thing because you'll never be boring and you'll never get her totally unwrapped. You got it, guys? All right. First principle understanding. I'm so amazed how so many men, we go to parties sometime, they'll have a game, and they'll say, Well, does your wife like this? Does your wife know this? And most men are absolutely brain dumb. What's your wife's favorite color? Know. Where does she like to go? I don't know. What's the most pleasurable thing? I don't know. And we flunked that time and time again. If you wanted to be an authority on American history, you wanted to understand American history, I wonder, guys, how you would do that? Is that that confusing about? You, you would study history, American history. You'd read, you'd talk to people. God tells us that you and I ought to understand our wives. And that's the thrill of the unwrapping of the getting to know them. So it's a lifetime intellectual, emotional endeavor, and it is thrilling and revealing, and the more you unwrap, the more exciting your marriage will become. I know, I know this works from personal lifetime experience in marriage. Let me say again, if God's principle for marriage does not work, then the principles of Christianity and everything else does not work either because it is the basic foundation of life. All right, what else does this scripture say? The first operative word is understanding. The next operative word is sort of introduced with a phrase. It says, as with someone weaker. She is woman, show her honor. This means that generally speaking, wives are not as strong physically as men. Did I confuse anybody? And also it means that wives are weaker in the sense they are more vulnerable to the world and all that it teaches than are men. Uh, The the difference is radical. Let me, let's just say you took uh, 10 women and put them in a room for two hours, okay? Two hours. In that two hours, out of those 10 minutes, some women as they share, there would be some tears, uh, there'd be some laughter, there'd be a lot of changing of recipes and ideas and they would talk, they would communicate. Those 10 women in that room for two hours, they'd get to know each other, they'd plan to do this, they'd plan, women are communicators. They generally speak three times what a man would speak in a day. They talk, they communicate, that's how they're wired and 10 women in a room for two hours, they would communicate put 10 men in a room together for two hours, and two of them would get in a fist fight. (laughs) Three of them would go to sleep. Five of them would spend the time arguing about sports and politics. Do you see any difference there in the female and the male? Is that overwhelming? Boy, I can't believe it. Doesn't that sound, what's the difference? Females are communicators, males are not communicators. Males primarily keep it all inside and it's hard to get one of us to open up because in most of us there is some shame and some regret And so many times, men, it's in the sexual area. Let's be very candid and honest. But women open up and talk. And therefore, the strength of a female in communicating, the other side of that is a weakness. Gossip, false stories, caring things. The strength of a male is a strong person who does not communicate keeps everything inside, and therefore, you never really get to know who they really are. You see, where there is my strength, on the other side, there is a weakness. Where there is a female strength, on the other side, there is a weakness. This is a part of the gluing together of one another, because where your wife is weak, you are strong, and where you are Strong, they may be weak. It's, it's a complimentary situation in a truly biblical growing marriage. And by the way, you need to ask yourself, ask your wife, gentlemen, what do you enjoy most about when we're together? Did you get that? What do you enjoy most when we're together? I asked myself that. I could tell you exactly what I enjoy. Totally being without any guile, without any pretense, without any, I wonder what you'll think, being totally candid, open with anything, past, present, or future, to have a lifetime partner you can trust and love with everything about yourself. That's what I love. If you have a Christian marriage, that's what you have. Don't worry about offending, don't worry about meeting understanding, don't worry about being judged. This is someone you totally, completely trust. We're talking about a Christian marriage. A Christian marriage. There has to be understanding and there has to be honor. That's the next word. To, To honor and to cherish sort of the same words in the Sermon of the Mount. It says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. If I give you a million dollars in gold bullion, let me tell you, that'd be treasure, wouldn't it? That's where your heart would be. The most treasured thing in the world, gentlemen, is your wife. That's where your heart, your time, your passion, your love must be. That's the most valuable thing you'll ever have in this life, is your wife. She is your treasure. Do you treat her as she is your primary treasure? That's honoring her. You know who Joe Montana is, if you know anything about football. Joe Montana, Montana played 16 years for San Francisco, they went to what, um, was it five Super Bowls? He was most valuable in four of them. He holds a lot of records and passes the Hall of Fame. He had everything. They called him Joe Cool, I like that. Joe Cool. He got married twice early in life. He was a disaster as a husband. But early in his career, he met this gal and whew, They've been buried now for many, 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 many years. And by his own words, he said, I was a terrible husband, but then he started doing something. I want you to see what he did. Middle of a football I don't know game. What made me do it? But one day, i hung up and I'm sitting there going, Hmm, I wonder if these things call out. <laughs> so I pick up the phone, and I hit his He's what, on the sideline, nine, came. right? Gives you an outside line. I hit nine. Got a dial tone. I'd dial my house. And the phone would ring and I'd pick it up. And it'd be Joe. I go, what are you doing? I go, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Who is it? is it? What are you doing? Why are you where are you calling me from? He goes, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to say I love you. And I go, I love you. How are you calling? He goes, they have an outside line. I I check in every stadium. I go, well, on the sideline phone. I found out that it calls, <laughs> so I thought I'd give you a call since I'm just sitting here waiting to call in the field. <laughs> when the defense on the field, he was calling his wife on the sidelines, ladies and gentlemen, that's Goku. That is a sideline call. Gentlemen, do you do that? Do you find time just to call your wife, middle of day? Say, babe, I'm thinking about you, not like, Willie Nelson's song, you're always on my mind, then he tells about, he's forgotten everything about her birthday Christmas, but you're always, no. Make a lot of sideline calls, gentlemen. I'm telling you an inside scoop, an inside secret. In other words, that is honoring your wife. When you're somewhere, man, present her. This is my wife. Man, let me tell you, that will change everything. Put her up on a pedestal. You can't put her up high enough. Gentlemen, this is your role. You want a marriage that just sort of exists, or you want a marriage that is on fire for God and makes a difference? It's radiant. That will change our culture more than any other single thing. Now, the women would hold their applause. (laughs) I'm teasing. All right. And then the next thing is honor her as a fellow heir of the grace of life. In other words, in other words, you gentlemen and your wife are experiencing the grace of life, the givenness of life. To go through life and not realize that the we have is the grace of God, and you have someone to experience that with? the saddest thing about Thanksgiving to me to those who do not know God and have nobody to say thank you to. Share your fellow heir with your wife, with your husband to the grace of God he's given in your life and in my life. What a fabulous thing that we have in marriage. That's the third. Operative word. Look at the last operative word. It says simply, She is a woman, show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. If you do not pray regularly with your wife, you're missing on one of the fabulous experiences of life. My wife and I pray every night on our knees. Before we get in bed, brief prayer, we wake up, we pray on our knees, we pray every time we eat food, anywhere, anytime, any place. We don't make a big show out of it. You see, if you know who God is, you can't be a phony before God. Some people try, some people try. I remember, the only time I remember, somebody said, don't pray for me. I was doing Christmas shopping, I met a guy, and, and I was leaving, I said, let me pray for you. He said, oh, don't pray for me. I said, okay, I won't. He said, I've been away from God a long time. I don't want him to know where I am. (laughs) How stupid. Guys, when we go to the Lord in prayer, he knows it all. Does everybody get that? No question about it. And if we go to the Lord, and there are things not right with our wife, things aren't going on with our wife, You're wasting your time praying about anything and everything. You go back and honor her and love her and cherish her and get on the same wavelength with her. Then the Lord will listen. Then you'll be a a prayer in which your prayers are. Two aspects of prayer. One is talking to God, and meditation is listening to God. Talking and listening. I don't know what God will say to me. Oh, yes, you do. I've had a lot of people come down to the front of the church, and, Lord, I'm here, I don't know why. I said, guess at it. They get it every single time. Go to the Lord with verbiage. Doesn't have to be fancy or big. Go to the Lord and listen. And he will speak clarity into your life and into my life. Gentlemen, the assignment, say, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, don't do it then. Just keep on being bored to death and have a marriage that's sort of ho-hum. Well, I'm too prideful. You see, marriage is iron sharpening iron, iron and what it does, it simply takes all the ego out of a man, all the phoniness, all the pretense, all the ego because maybe you don't know it, your wife really Knows your heart and your mind and your motives. You can fool everybody, gentlemen. I guarantee you, you can't fool the love of your life. An otter. An otter. An otter is the most romantic creature, maybe, on the earth. An otter, when they go to sleep, they float on their back. Yeah, really. That's how they sleep in in the ocean, the water. And then if they are married, and they're married to the same mate forever, forever, if they're married, the male, usually the darker of the otter, will reach over and hold the hand of the female as she sleeps on her back so they'll not drift apart. Isn't that something? Look at this, look closely, look closely. The male. (laughs) That's how they sleep every night. The male reaches over and takes the hand of the female. Gentlemen, I'm gonna ask you to do something. This is really frightening. It's gonna be hard for some of you guys, but if you're with your wife, would you reach over and hold her hand? Would you do that? Somebody back there is painful. It's gonna be all right. (laughs) Hold her hand, keep on holding her hand. It's that kind of overt love, overt humility overt seeking to understand your wife, get a PhD on your wife, honor your wife in every way so that you become somebody who can really pray and be clean before God as you're open and clean before your wife and everything. What a difference that would make. Answered prayer Here is a feller air with you on the grace of life. You say, that sure is a tough assignment. No, it's not. Not if you want your marriage to sing and grow and flourish. Gentlemen. You and I, we are most responsible for our marriage being alive. Just practice these basic, simple principles. By the power of God, and I can tell you something. You'll say, my wife sure has changed. (laughs) I wonder who's changed.